What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of Wise Guys Hideaway. I'm your host, Ian Barr, and tonight we're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, John Sonny Francis. But before we do that, I gotta give a couple shout-outs here. First and foremost, I gotta give a shout-out to Arthane Clothing Apparel, um, the just the finest gangster apparel and streetwear. I mean, you got hats, t-shirts, sweatpants, tracksuits, letterman jackets, you name it. Uh, founder Alan Limbloom, an author, actually, of To Be a King's Volume 1 and 2, uh, as well as all the other partners involved, David Randazzo, Ron Roach, you know, shout out to all those guys. Uh, we here at this podcast are a huge fan, an endorser, and also a partner of, so big thanks to those guys. Another shout out I gotta give is to Scott M. Bernstein, author of Motor City Mafia and the proprietor of Original Gangster Podcast. Uh, just a superb true crime, organized crime podcast with just top shelf guests, guys. I mean, if you haven't listened to it, you should give it a listen. Another quick shout out I gotta give to all the fellas at uh, Facebook, all the ones who have helped me along my journey. You know, Vincent Apra, Vinny Librarian, I like to call him, Paulie G from New York, how you doing? Danny T, my boy David Brexbeyer over in London. And uh, last but certainly not least, my partner and co-host that couldn't be here with me tonight, Rob Below Jr., our Boston Rob. How you doing, Rob? We out here, we getting it. Alright, so let's get into this here. John Sonny Francis was born February 6, 1917 in Nepal, Italy. Uh... Eventually, his family would uh, move back to Greenpoint, Brooklyn, where his father uh, actually ran a bakery. Um, he was the youngest of 19 children to his <clears throat> father and mother, Carmine and Maria Francis. And uh, as most, if not everybody knows, uh, Sonny Francis is, is the father to the mob turncoat Michael Francis, a.k.a. the Yuppie Don. Now, Sonny recently left us this previous Monday, actually. He died in a New York hospital. Um, he was residing in Jackson Heights, Queens at his time of death, and he died at 103 years of age, guys. I mean, for, for an old-timey crime boss like Sonny Francis, that is fucking incredible. I mean, they just don't, like, Carlo Gambino lived a long time, but he didn't see no 103, you know what I mean? Um, and even into his 90s, federal prosecutors, uh, claimed that Sonny Francis was, I mean, without a doubt, the second-in-command of the Colombo crime family. I mean, this guy was just... A legend from the time he touched down. Um, now he was convicted at 94 actually for running an extortion racket in Long Island and uh, uh, shaking down a couple pizzerias as well and uh, he'd be released in 2017 at 100 years of age. I mean that's just that's just unheard of that's crazy just and not to mention the fact that he probably did umpteen years before that I think he did 30 out of 50 if I'm not mistaken and I mean that's a lot of time, you guys. Like, there's a lot of guys that just can't handle something like that. They, like, they turn on a 10-year sentence. I mean, there's a lot of Henry Hills out there, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, now, in 1967, the prosecutors alleged that an informant told them that Francis boasted about having committed up to 50 murders. 50 murders for the Mafia. And, uh, during one of his last trials in 2011, prosecutors said a turncoat recorded Sonny discussing murder. And, uh, and I'm just simply quoting here from a New York Times article that Sonny was... Uh, quoted as saying, I killed a lot of guys, you know, like you're not talking five, six, or even 10. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, I don't know how Sonny Francis talks. That was probably a horrible impersonation, but what are you going to do? Um, ironically enough, though, he would only be tried one time for murder in 1967. And uh, ironically enough, was acquitted, you know? Um, but before he would become all that, you know, the, the gangster that he was, he was just another kid from Brooklyn, you know? Sonny dropped out and... He worked in his father's bakery as a young man until he was drafted in 1942. Now, the same exact year he was drafted, uh, he was discharged 
for being classified as, and I'm quoting once again here, uh, psychoneurotic with homicidal tendencies. Now, this is World War II we're talking about here. To get kicked out of the draft for World War II, I mean, you have to be a stone-cold, just bad-to-the-bone son of a bitch. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this this psychologist who, in 1942, I'm guessing they didn't have the same whole mental health awareness thing, is looking this guy up and down, needing people to go fight the Nazis, and going, mm, I don't know about this one. So, uh, now Sonny would later contest this, saying that he wanted to be drafted to go kill the enemy and not to be on, I'm just quoting again, kitchen duty. So, I mean, is if that's what happened, then, I mean, I, I definitely back Sonny on that. Because, I mean, if you're somebody who's cut like that, why would you want to be stuck, you know, with a ladle all day? That ain't you. But, back on the Brooklyn streets, uh, Sonny was always a very muscular toned guy. You know, he stood only 5'9", but he carried himself very well, and he eventually sort of fancied himself for maybe being a prize fighter, and he began to embark on that endeavor, and almost as quickly as that happened, he caught the attention of the Profaci crime family. Now, he would, you know, begin running the streets, as any good associate does, and at, at 33, he would become a made man, or a soldier, if you will, and uh, the year would be 1950. Now, very quickly, he would gain notoriety as a tough guy, as well as an earner, like he knew how to make money. He ran multiple multiple rackets all uh, all over all over New York from gambling to loan sharking to bookmaking to hi hijacking I mean you you name it you name it he he was doing it for sure and he was doing it well and I mean and he wasn't and he wasn't giving up none of his guys everybody was eating as long as you followed the rules with Sonny I mean you didn't end up on one of those 50 you know what I mean like <laughs> but uh Joseph Provacci would succumb to cancer in 1962 and within within about a year, uh, Joseph Colombo, the eventually who the family would be named after, would become boss. And I mean, almost instantly, guys, almost fucking instantly, he he promotes Sonny to a captain. Now that's that's a big boost in in the mafia. Like when when you're first inducted, you you really start to see the benefits. You know, you're like, oh wow, how the fuck was I ever you know managing as an associate? But just from all the research I've done, I would never know personally. Uh, I'm Irish for one thing, but. When you become a captain, all of a sudden you got, you know, 12, 15, maybe even 20 motherfuckers who got to answer to you. They got to kick up directly to you. And then you get to deal with the boss. Like, I mean, that's a, or the underboss, excuse me. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal. You know what I mean? Like just enough power, but not too much. You, hopefully you're not going to come up in the FBI's crosshairs, but I mean, odds are you probably are. What are you going to do though? Uh, in the 1950s and 60s, Sonny had his occupation listed as a dry cleaning owner. Uh, in Brooklyn, and he, but he was most well known at this period in time for hosting extravagant parties at the Copacabana. I mean, f for business tycoons with entertainment that I mean you couldn't shake a stick at. We're talking Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, Dean Martin, and I mean it was just incredible the respect these guys, you know, would show to Sonny. You know, like <laughs> you could have a a business tycoon of the time sitting there, you know, wanting to Frank shake hands. Excuse me, Jesus with uh, Frank Sinatra, and yet he's going up to Sonny first, and he's like, yeah, how you doing, Sonny, you know, something like that, so, I mean, it, it goes to show that he might have been a ruthless man, but he also knew how to keep his friends close and his, you know, enemies in a trunk, uh, now, Sonny was a massive boxing fan, I mean, a massive boxing fan, like I said, he fancied himself a prize fighter, and he would always follow the sport, and he would actually, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he would actually be very close confidants with uh, boxing champ uh, Rocky Graziano, as well as Jake LaMotta, the main character, actually, 
from Martin Scorsese's 1980 film Raging Bull, uh, portrayed by Robert De Niro. <coughs> God, excuse me, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, let me get a drink real quick. Ah, shout out to Ice House Edge, because I'm drinking, but they ain't paying me for it. All right. Now, along with celebrity exploits and, you know, Sonny and his, you know, boxing regime, he also would get involved in film and in the music industry. He would, uh, he would take a big financial stake in the 1973 porn flick Deep Throat, as well as the 2003 movie uh, This Thing of Ours with uh, Frank Vincent. Not one of the best uh, movies ever made, but I mean, I'm sure Sonny's still seen his piece, you know what I mean? <laughs> it makes it that much better to me, actually, to know that uh, Sonny got paid for that movie. I might, might actually go watch it after this podcast. Now, Sonny would catch his first felony conviction in 1967 when he was uh, charged and would eventually be convicted on masterminding a series of nationwide bank robberies. Now, I mean, that, I, we're talking state to state here. I mean, we're talking some, some big time money. Now, whether or not he was ever involved is heavily debated. A lot of people think that he took the fall for somebody else he, that he knew who was masterminding him, but, you know, Sonny was no rat. But after years of appeals and uh, one stabbed witness later, the feds wouldn't stop. And in 1970, Sonny would begin serving a potential 50-year sentence. I mean, he'd, he'd get paroled in 1978, but due to the revolving door nature of parole, any of, any of you listeners out there who've ever been on parole or probation, I mean, you understand what we're talking about. And then, I mean, just times it that you're Sonny Francis and you're out there doing some really gutter shit. And so, I mean, just with that revolving door cycle, he would, pro he would serve the next 20 out of 30 years in prison. You know, essentially like his, his children's most of their lives, you know. Uh, in 2001... Investigators believe that paroled Sonny Francis was just an elder man in the Columbos, and he didn't really have a stake in the family anymore. He was an old timer, you know. They figured in 1992 when they took down John Gotti that you know it was, it was done. The last of the old time dons was done. You know they would get you know the chin and all those guys. So I mean, who who Sonny? He's a wash up. He's a used to be bad guy. However, in 2005, the acting Columbo boss at the time, Thomas Gioli, uh, would allegedly let me use that word allegedly because I don't know. Wasn't there again? but uh, would allegedly appoint him underboss. And, I mean, that's just, I mean, one, it's a smart move. Because let's say you're a, a new-timey Don, or, you know, a, not a new-timey Don, but you definitely came up in, in the, the tail end of it. And we're talking about Sonny fucking Francis, who came up in the just short of the bootlegging era, guys. Like, I mean, come on, it don't get much realer than that. Uh, he convicted in 2011 on running extortion rackets, you know, in the strip clubs and the pizzerias in Long Island. Um, excuse me, the, the strip clubs were in Manhattan and the pizzeria was in Long Island. So, I mean, he was getting it all over the place, you know, whether or not he could walk, that didn't matter. Uh, his son, John Jr., ratted him out due to a severe drug addiction that he had. And, I mean, yeah, I mean he's never gotten to live it down. If if anybody knows the, the groups that this will most likely be shared. And there's not too many kind words said about good old John Jr. Um, now, Mike, Michael Francis, you know, the yuppie Don, and uh, John Jr., are two of Sonny's kids from his second marriage to Christina Capiaco, who uh, sadly passed away in 2012. Um, his other children include uh, Carmine, Marianne, Shin, and Lorraine, all from his first uh, marriage. Um, he had umpteen number of grandkids, and uh, I mean, he was just, he was one of the last of the Mohicans, guys, for real. I mean, 103 years old, this, this guy was, this guy was legitimate, like a legitimized gangster, like they don't make, they don't make it like that no more. And uh, I think the way to send this out would be pre pretty much just using his son, Michael Francis's words. Uh, and once again, I'm just quoting, uh, at home, a loving father and husband, but on the streets, a hardcore guy who never had any regrets, 
Never would admit to any crime. Never gave up anybody. Never violated his mafia oaths. A mobster all the way. From all of us here at Wise Guys Hideaway, I'm Ian Barr. Special shout out to my Soundtech M for without her, this would not be possible because I don't know shit about this stuff. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.